Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, a fascinating conversation with the author of a new book called Sex, Drugs, and Radical Self-Expression. Barry has had an interesting life journey. He walks us through the ups and downs on his way to learning to trust his intuition and lead a happy and meaningful life. Super interesting conversation. So let's get into the conversation. All right, Barry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Alex. Cool. Yeah, uh, you're all on the other side of the world in Bali. Actually, not the first guest of the podcast that's that, that's been in Bali, but uh, a cool, cool part of the world that that you get to be in right now. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty grateful to be here. Awesome. So, um, how'd you end up there? You're not you're not from Bali, are you? Right? No, I was actually born in San Diego, California, uh, but then moved to Australia when I was quite young. Lived in Australia most of my life. Um, I don't know, like it was January, or December 2019, and I just had this intuition that I needed to get out of Australia. I didn't know why, but I was like, I just need to to get out. I'd been doing a lot of traveling, uh, speaking and running my company at the time. Uh, but I was, I was like, man, I, I really don't want to travel. Like I want to find a, buy a home and kind of settle down and, and build some roots because I yeah, I had a quite a hectic few years, but I was like, all right, I got to trust this intuition. It's never led me wrong. And I came to Bali. I thought I'll come and spend a month here and then maybe see where I go. And about a week after getting here, I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Pretty cool. Um, what do you think were some of the initial elements that, that gave you that confidence that said, this is, this is my spot? Um, I don't know. I, I guess, Alex, for the last 18, 20 years, I've been building a relationship with my intuition or my, I'd say my heart consciousness. And you know, I guess it's like going to the gym and building muscles, you know, like it hurts the first few times and the more you go, the more you kind of benefit the rewards and the more that you strengthen those muscles. And I guess intuition is the same thing. And over the last 20 years, I've, I've had some pretty incredible and also some pretty painful experiences through trusting it, uh, but noticing in hindsight that it's never led me wrong. So when I had that intuitive nudge that I needed to get out, it was like, okay, I've got to listen to this and trust that the universe is putting me in the the right direction. And I don't know, like I got to Bali as a week after being here and I just had this, this deep sense of peace and calm and the, a feeling of home. I can't really explain other than just a deep feeling of home, which at the time didn't make sense. Cause I'm like, seriously, like this is not what I, what I thought or what I expected, but uh, here we are. Right. And that's interesting hearing you talk about intuition. I mean, that's something all humans have, but it's not something that all humans are able to recognize, harness, tap into, and then, you know, actually use. Yeah. It's one of the things I, I believe everyone has the ability to tap into it, harness it and use it. But again, um, you know, in order to get down that path to where you're actually living your life, able to use it for, for every decision, including the major ones, um, sometimes listening to it or using it means letting go of, of what we know or letting go of what we've built. 
I know certainly for myself and many people I've worked with, it's like when we start to listen to our intuition, it can often be quite the opposite of what our brain's telling us. But what we've got to understand is that often our brain's giving us uh, giving us the nudge based on past experience and based on what's worked, based on what hasn't worked, based on our beliefs and our upbringing. But it's that old saying that if you do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. Right. A lot of it is just hardwired, as you said, what, what you've been brought up with, but also what society is telling you is good and what, and, and, and right. And I mean, like I started my career in investment banking. I mean, that's a good place, but it really the only reason I did it is because society said that, that that's a good place to do it. I could give a shit about investment banking. Um, but it takes you a long time to start to like break that mold and say, well, like, what do I really want to be doing? Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, I guess, because, you know, I honestly believe like, if you look at, if you look at kids, right, they are tapped into to that feeling, that intuition, they kind of know the difference between right and wrong, good people and bad people. And yet they haven't necessarily been around long enough to learn these things yet throughout, like my parents certainly didn't teach me to harness and to tap into and use my intuition, nor did I ever get told or learn about it at school. Now I know a lot of schooling curriculums now are getting kids into med- meditation and mindfulness and talking about feelings and stuff. But back 30 odd years ago, when I, when I started my, my journey in, in this incarnation in life, it certainly wasn't something that I was told, but quite the opposite. You know, I was told to use my brain to think about things, to learn things. And although I believe our brain and knowledge and, and intellect has an important part to play on our journey through life, I believe it should almost be secondary to listening and, and being led by our intuition. Interesting idea there, Barry. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested in hearing about, you know, your background and kind of how you got to, you know, to this place of enlightenment that you're in today. I, yeah, I think, think it's a, a constant journey, mate. But I guess uh, for me, I don't know, like I grew up feeling quite lost most of my life, like kind of wondering what I was doing here, what life was all about, you know, was almost brought up in that notion of like, you know, work hard at school, get yourself a job, find a woman, you know, buy a house with a white picket fence, have kids, and that's kind of life. And I guess something never quite fit for me in that picture of, of uh, you know, outcome of where we should be heading, nor did I ever quite feel like I fit in with the norms of society. And so I guess that led to a lot of, a lot of uh, challenge growing up, a lot of me being the black sheep in my family, a lot of phone calls from the principal calling my mum and dad in because I'd, I'd done the wrong thing. And, uh, you know, I left school in, uh, in Australia. It was year 10. You could kind of leave. You didn't have to necessarily go to college, university. And I left school um, straight into an apprenticeship. And so I guess that was what got me onto the path of, of where I am today. But, you know, going to that apprenticeship, again, seemingly attracting experiences where I was treated like shit by, by those that were supposed to be influencing me and guiding me in life until eventually one day I, I, I had this, this gut feeling or this intuition. I was like, I gotta, I gotta leave this job. You know, at that time I had a mortgage, didn't have any money to my name, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I mean, that reset is, that's pretty radical and that's difficult. That's a difficult like realization to come to. Even if you have made that realization, it says, I don't want, I mean, a lot of people have said, oh, I don't like my job anymore, but like they continue to do it. Like, what do you think was that, that like that, that, that piece that pushed you over the edge? I I guess for whatever reason, I attracted a lot of painful and somewhat traumatic experiences for most of my life, or at least that was my perception. That was my outlook on life. And this one in particular employer, like I was a contractor at the time, I was a carpenter, 
And I remember he, he rang me up and he abused me over the phone, like yelling down the phone. I could almost feel the droplets of spit coming out of his mouth as he's yelling out on the phone because something for this job hadn't made it on the truck. Yet the interesting thing was, is that he was the one that packed the truck up to go to the job, not myself. The part that he was looking for was sitting in the warehouse still. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm sick of being treated like shit. Like, this is the common theme of my life, you know, from employers to friendships. And looking back now, I was creating it. Like, I was attracting those situations in my life. But I was like, I'm, I've had enough. Like, I'm out of the, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's, it's, this is not an option for me to continue on. And so I made the jump to leave having no freaking idea where I was going or what I was going to do. But again, Alex, like, I feel like I was, I was heavily guided that there was a voice inside this. It was a whisper that was like, you got to get out of here. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a yelling voice. It was this gentle whisper. That's like Barry, just, just go like there's, there's something else in store for you. Right. So what happened next? What did you go do? Well, I remember it's, it's funny. I remember three weeks later, I was around at my parents' place and I was saying to my mum. Mom, I'm worried that I'm not worried. And she's like, what do you mean, Barry? I was like, well, my whole entire life, I, I've worried about everything, as you've known. And I was like, it's been three weeks since I left my job. Um, the money that I got paid out is almost gone. I've got a mortgage. I've got no cash in the bank. I've got car repayments. And I'm not worried. Like, I feel really safe and calm and certain. And she's like, she looked at me and she's like, you'll work it out. You always do. And my mom was an incredible woman who for every single day of my last year of school found a way to encourage, uh, manipulate, do whatever she needed to do to make sure I got out of bed and got to school because that was a very hard time in my life. And she looked and she said, Barry, you'll find a way. And the next day I decided to post a, a job ad in the local newspaper saying, uh, local handyman, no job too big or too small. And that was the start of my first multi-million dollar company. <laughs> what was the company? Uh, kitchen and bathroom renovations. Wow. Just from that simple ad. Yeah. So I had a, I had a trades background. I've been doing an apprenticeship as I shared and, um, I put that ad in and I think that was the first of maybe only six or seven ads I ever ran for the company. We grew incredibly fast because I guess there was this opportunity for me for the first time in my life. I felt like to truly express myself. There wasn't these borders and barriers of teachers telling me what to do of, in many ways, society telling me what to do. I had no idea about running a business. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mom was an entrepreneur. So in many ways, I had this blank curb canvas, which I remember having this distinct realization like, wow, I should have paid more attention at school. I should have paid more attention to those employers and I know what I'm doing now. But in many ways, that was also invigorating because I didn't have any constraints of what was allowed or what wasn't allowed or what I could or couldn't do. Right. Just operating from your core principles and feeling like you're really your, your authentic self. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty cool. I mean, that's something, you know, I have like fleeting moments of times and I'm like, you really, you, you feel like you're just firing at all cylinders and like, you're really, you're really yourself. And it's like, man, how do you encompass more of that in your life? And it, it sounds like in this job, you were able to like, it was, you were the true Barry. Yeah, it was, it was definitely the, looking back now, it's definitely, I feel like a, a turn in chapter and a start of me stepping into who I am today. You know, it's, it's, it's felt like, and it's been a, a long journey, but it felt like that, that, that decision to value myself more than the paycheck and more than the perceived constraints of, of debt and bills and that monetary system was the start of me finding out who I really was. I mean, it's funny how that happens in life, but you're so focused on getting money 
that you have a tough time. Then as soon as you stop doing that, it's like, oh, and then the money comes. You feel so focused on like finding a girlfriend and like, right. as soon as you stop focusing on it, like girls will come to you. It's, it's, it's like right. the opposite <laughs> how that, how that, that the universe makes that work. I, I guess, I guess what you share, like it's, it's so true, you know, like it, it's very easy to make more money when you have money. It's very hard. You've got none. Right. And it's almost like what happens, I feel, is we go against this universal principle of, of abundance. You know, I honestly believe, like, whether your belief is in God or Buddha or Jesus or whatever it is, you know, maybe you don't even believe in a religion, but, you know, th there must be some sort of understanding that there's something far greater than you or I. Otherwise, how could the human heart pump from before you're even born to the moment you die, like, without ever needing a recharge? There's so many amazing things about the human experience, but... This is where I believe that we we get in the way. Like we are the ones that create a lot of the experiences we have by trying to control it, and I guess not letting go. Right, Barry, say more about that. That's that that's really interesting to me. Well, it's something that I I feel hindsight gives you, Alex. You know, like you mentioned that about the girlfriends. I, I had a conversation with a mate a month ago. I was like, dude, the moment that you stop looking for your next wife, like she will turn up. You know, it, it's, it's your need and belief that you know what you want and going after it that keeps attracting unavailable women. Like you're not trusting in the process that she's just there. I said, imagine if right now, imagine if the perfect woman for you, like your future wife, the, the, the woman who's going to knock your socks off and spend the rest of your life with you is already on her way to find you. And that's an absolute give me. Knowing that, what would you do today to prepare yourself? And he's like, shit. He's like, I've never thought about it like that. I was like, where would your focus be? He's like, on me. And I was like, yeah. On what specifically? He's like, oh, on my health, on my fitness, on my mindset, on da 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 da. And I was like, exactly. And I see this a lot. And it's the same with money. It's like the moment that you focus on following your passion, following your purpose, following like the service of others, the money is a byproduct of that. The money is nothing more than exchange of value, Alex, which I'm sure you know. So how are you able to show up and give value versus those people that show up to try to get and try to take? It's, it's a very different energy and a very different mindset. Right. So Barry, I mean, I, Barry, I fully subscribed everything you're saying. So I'm working in some job. It's just a job. I don't know what, I don't know like what my purpose in life is, is to be. I know that this is probably not doing what I'm doing. How do I start to like figure out what my calling is, what I should be doing, you know, finding this, this authenticity that, that you're talking about? Yeah, a great question. The first thing that I say is, is not to focus so much on like, what's my purpose? This was something that stumped me for many years. Like, like I had this belief and notion as, as I spoke to many people who've had the same, that your purpose is some grand thing or it's one thing only and it's meant to be found. And I believe that purpose can be found even in the smallest of moments, you know, like even in giving thanks to somebody or spending the time to get to know a complete stranger that, that's serving you at a cafe or that you bump into at the gym, right? I don't necessarily believe that your purpose has to be to invent the next iPhone or the, the driverless car, right? Although it could be. And so I guess the first thing is to become more aware of how you're feeling. Like our body and our emotions are giving us information all day, every day, yet we're so busy chasing the next shiny thing right or trying to conquer the next summit that we stop that we don't, don't stop to listen to what our body's trying to show us right this is how a lot of illness manifests it's, it's the body's last attempt to get you to stop or to listen or to slow down so i think the first and foremost is if you're noticing that what you're doing right now is not fulfilling you is not making you feel great you're noticing resistance to doing it that's probably a sign that you shouldn't be doing it 
but it's not, I'm not encouraging you to go and quit tomorrow, right? With no, with no plan, right? That worked for me, but that worked for me based on my intuition. That might not be your journey. But what I would say is to first become conscious and aware of what your body's trying to say and then, and then start to ask yourself different questions. Cool. Like if this is not where I'm supposed to be, like, like universe, God, like intuition, start to give me signs of what to do next. Start to work on your mindset, spend time in meditation, spend time getting present to what you're feeling and what you're noticing inside of you. And that is where the information is. Right. It's inside of there. You just got to tap into it. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I like, I like that very much. So, uh, are, is this the, the sort of topics that, uh, you cover in, in the book? Yeah. So I recently wrote the book, sex, drugs, and radical self-expression. And, uh, it was interesting because I didn't know why I was writing it the first time. It was the second book I written very, very different to the first one, which is purely business focused. And, uh, I guess the book's kind of divided into three sections. One of which is that intuition. One of which is uh, psychology, one of which is the principle, I guess, of, of action, right? Or bring it all together because it's all well and good to have these, these principles of like shifting our mindset or of tapping into our intuition and, and letting go of these past experiences. But then what? Like, how do we bring that together? And so the book kind of, I guess, guides people through the journey that I went on in terms of, you know, for me, I first discovered this access of intuition which led me to studying psychology and NLP and you know, trauma and stuff around our mindset and how we get stuck into then uh, more so like, I guess, uh, somatic practices, movement, body, you know, shaking off trauma and negativity that, that exists within uh, our muscles and our bones. Wow. This is some, some powerful stuff here, Barry. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, like as the title shares, you know, like I had issues with drug addiction uh, when I was younger and then it moved into, I guess, my curiosity around plant-based medicines, uh, psilocybin, DMT, so forth. And, you know, I very much share that, again, my journey is my journey and yours is different. And this is where I feel a lot of people in life get stuck is they look to a mentor or to an influence, they try to replicate their success. Yet the reality is, is your upbringing and your experience and your unique DNA, Alex, is very different to mine. Right. Absolutely. I mean, everyone's journey is different. We all kind of want similar things, but how we're going to get there is all very, very, very different. Yeah. And that's where, again, I feel that our intuition plays the most critical part in this. You know, like if we're, I see a lot of people, let's talk about cryptocurrency, a lot of people go and buy into the next NFT or the next coin based on someone's tweet and then lose their whole bag, right? Because they haven't done their own research. They don't understand the position of someone going into. Like intuition, I, I feel is very similar to that in terms of if we choose to actually tap into our intuition, we will be guided from within. We'll be guided to the right experiences, to the right people, to the right conversations, to our own unique path. Yet if we try to follow somebody else's path, we're forever going to be following the footsteps of someone else. Maybe it's our parents, maybe it's our friends, maybe it's some influencer and never truly accessing our unique and powerful purpose. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I think social media just has made it so simple and so easy just to follow someone else's journey and say, oh, well, why don't I have you know, a, a giant boat and a, and a Ferrari? Like, what, what am I doing that they're not doing? And they, you know, it, it's all fake too. It's like we get caught up in someone else's fake life and it's not even, it's not even real. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like this, you know, like what we're seeing on social media is somebody else's highlight reel. We're not. And so we're comparing their highlight reel with our behind the scenes footage and wondering where the separation is. Right. 
Yeah, two two bad comparisons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um so the book goes through um the journey, the um the psychological stuff, and then and then d- d- at the end of it, it doesn't have uh, like you know some some practical applications for for all of this. Yeah, absolutely. The, the book is written in such a way that it will shift the the psychology and the energetics of the reader that's reading it. And some of the feedback has been from people like I had someone the other day uh, that, that never met share with me that there was an experience there I shared around being bullied at school. And he said, I read that, I had shivers through my body, I was bawling my eyes out. He's like, not because I ever got bullied, but because I was the bullier. And I realized in that moment, the amount of pain and suffering I caused in so many people growing up, you know, and went into a process of, of, of essentially asking for forgiveness. You know, all of us have had these experiences growing up that, that cause us to act and shop in the world as we are today. And the results that we get in life right now, whether it be financially, whether it be uh, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the case may be, are a direct representation of the decisions we're making daily and the actions we're taking. So therefore, we can't change the result. What we can change is the decisions we're making. What we can change is the actions we're taking. And the book very much takes people through several different processes to start to see things in a way they hadn't seen before. Very powerful. Sounds sounds super interesting. So Barry, I'll get you out of here on this. We always end with a a piece of advice. So just something from your journey, you know, figuring out how to you know tap into this um, this intuition that you know we we all have and 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 really start to follow it. Like, what do you tell someone kind of just early on trying to trying to figure out all these pieces? Uh, there'll be a couple of, couple of things if I can. So the first and foremost is that everyone has the ability to tap into intuition, but again, it's not that yelling loud voice; it's the whisper. And so the more that you start to choose that, that whisper and follow it, the more that you can start to build the relationship with your intuition. Just be aware though, if you're someone that's lived your life, majority of your life without listening to it, it may feel and appear that things start to fall apart for you the moment you start to listen to intuition. Now it's actually not falling apart, but what's happening is the reconstruction to create a stronger foundation to build a better life on, right? And for that to happen, sometimes we have to knock things back down, right? The second thing that I'd say is to forgive yourself. Right, we've all had experience and done things in the past that maybe uh, we regret, maybe have built some guilt or some shame around. Yet carrying around that guilt and shame is not hurting anyone but yourself. So the first part of this process I'd see is to you know look yourself in the mirror and say like I, I forgive you, I love you, right, and draw that line in the sand to go okay, the past in the past, leave it in the past, and realize that today you have a chance to make something different. But you can't do that if, you, if, if you're continuing to carry around the guilt and the shame of past judgments. You know, we always make the best decision available to us. Yet I believe in the past, sometimes that decision was based on an impoverished menu. How interesting. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in hindsight, always looking back, it always seems so much easier. But when you're in the thick of the weeds and going through these tough decisions, it's not easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Question, question for you, Alex, if I can. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Have, have you had an experience in your life or can you remember experience in your life where you had to make a big decision and you distinctly remember that there was this, this feeling or this notion or this insight, this, this gut instinct, and it was complete opposites to the brain and to the logic and the reason around which way you should go? Yeah. I mean, I mentioned it in the very beginning of this, of this call. I had this prestigious you know, investment banking job that I basically wanted my entire life. Um, since I was you know, a kid, I don't know why, I couldn't tell you why I wanted it. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And then I had it for a few years and it was fine, but there was always something missing from it. And I 
quit the job without similar to you without like knowing what I wanted to do or do anything. But I was just like, I know that this is not the right thing, even though your friends and family and you're making lots of money that everyone's telling you this is the right thing. Um, but it was the same as you. I just, I said, I, this, this, this just isn't right. And I'm glad that that was part of my journey. I'm glad that I got to go through that and experience it. It made me, you know, part of the, the person I am today, but yeah, that getting off that, uh, that train ride was, uh, was like one of the most important decisions I've made in my life. And, and possibly challenging the time though, right? To make that decision. So difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But as you, as you say, all, so difficult, but then once I made the decision, it became like so clear that, oh, why didn't I make this decision a long time ago? It was just like phew, the world like opened up. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Well, thanks for asking. And thanks for coming on the podcast. This was really uh, delightful speaking with you. Yeah. Super grateful. Thanks everyone. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks.